If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. Get him! Get him! Get him! This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, what's happening live from Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield? Jaguars All Access tonight. Rayshon Jenkins coming up that big game. Josh Allen, he'll be here as well. 7 o'clock, you can watch the show on CBS 47. But come on out, be a part of the festivities here at Springs. You're missing out if you haven't been here yet. Fantastic place uh, in Springfield and pretty easy to get to. So uh, come on by, say hello. Plenty of room in here. You can go outside, inside as the weather starts to cool down a little bit. Although today's a hot one, right? Today I feel like might be the last hot day like this. Like You're insane. Early, ni- um, early 90s, <laughs> low 90s. We're not going to get into the 94 range like today very much. It's going to be 90 until December. Where do you live, Brent? <laughs> Bro, I mowed the grass today, too. It was brutal. Did you really? Good for you. Terrible. I'm built different, but yeah. The grass? Did you see any snakes? <laughs> if you did, he wouldn't be here. Don't do that. <laughs> be in the hospital. Crazy. Snakes are terrifying. Some blood pressure meds. I don't know. I've told you guys this before, but I've seen... I've lived here for 15 years. I've played on a lot of golf courses. Mm-hmm. I bet I have seen, let's be realistic about this, less than 25 snakes since I've been here. Oh, can uh, you say it like it's a small number? For, yeah, good call, first <laughs> off. Second of all, that's immediately cap. Oh, you think he's, you think he's lying? Yes. Brent, I've been on the planet are you significantly <laughs> shorter amount of time than Brent Martineau, and I've seen more snakes than that. Mm. Well, I've only, we don't have snakes. That, well, we do, but, I mean, you don't see snakes where I grew up in Rhode Island. I Look. mean... Over at UNF, they got signs about rattlesnakes all over that pitch and putt course. Well, that, that's my point. Like, my, my buddy Jimbo, who I play golf with and have for years and years, like, he used to say he would kill a, uh, what is it, a cottonmouth? Yes. Uh, the, uh, yes. Yeah, cottonmouth. Uh, he would kill that thing, like, once a week. Yeah. He'd kill a different one. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, well, and I'm telling you, I went like one, a yeah. decade without seeing a snake on a golf course. It was the same one. It would be terrifying. A zombie snake? <laughs> it would be that the same one. That coming back? Listen. <laughs> he just kept coming. Those, At some point, you got to make friends with it. <laughs> those things used to be in my backyard and in my garage. It was terrifying. Chip Kurtz has killed many a cottonmouth with a hockey stick. We used to blow through hockey sticks at our house because Chip was just wailing on him in the garage. Chip, I've Chip, seen Chip two, is a man's man. I've He's not scared two, at all. Three cottonmouths in my career. That's cat, bro. Like, you're capping. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm like, don't. And I hit the ball in the woods a lot. You do. But they're in the water. <laughs> I mean, well, and it helps, like, I don't have a preserve or anything, like, on the, the back. We did. You know, like, uh, the water stuff. So yeah, that's we had good. a lake. Yeah. Uh, we had gators but, and snakes. It was a terrifying place to grow up. When I tell you, you know, quick story before we bring in Jordan DeLugo. When we first moved here, 
So it was always, you know, you hear about the snakes and everything. You hear about scorpions, you hear all this stuff. It's like, oh, my gosh, got to watch everywhere you step, <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of like freaking you out. Well, I would say within the first year, a lot of construction still around uh, where, where we moved into oh, it. Jostling the animals, yeah. And we go for a, yeah, true. And we go for a, a walk one day, and we see, like, this like orange snake like this pretty good sized snake or like oh my gosh like what is that like straight out of the amazon you know yeah. and so we take a picture of it or some some tell You're somebody and it's definitely one of those a pool noodle it's, or a, something. it's a corn snake right oh, okay. and i guess like those are harmless yeah they're harmless who right? cares don't photograph it <laughs> but they look like the, they look like they would be killers they're actually pretty snakes <laughs> all but. snakes are killers by the way <laughs> First of all, I know people's reaction is to take pictures of snakes, and I know we're going to get to Jordan in a second. Absolutely. He's listening to this. Poor Jordan. Absolutely. Who in the hell is putting snake pictures on their wall? Like, there's not one person you go in their house like, look at this picture we took of this snake. Oh, if they're people a don't do that. No. Yeah. Don't take pictures of snakes. Just let them go, and they'll go do their thing, and hopefully leave us alone, and somehow, some way, be the species that moves to Mars. <laughs> when, like, Elon Musk decides to go to Mars, and he wants to take something to see if they can survive, take the snakes. I hate yeah. the snakes. I like the take. <laughs> They're terrifying me. By, by the way, way Brian, you seen any scorpions yet? No, I, I think I saw one one time. Like it, it was like in the grass or something. Hmm. But I found way back. In your house, you know? Yeah. You know, but again, that was another thing they said. Oh yeah, you'll see a lot of them. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen any. Knock on wood, right? I see a lot of frogs every time around my house. See a lot of lizards. Thankfully, don't see a ton of snakes. And the black racer snakes are good, right? That, don't they keep I got a few stuff of those. away? Yeah, yeah. They, they, those are fine. They like, those small are small animals, yeah. I got a couple pet ones of those. So, <laughs> You're um, sick. You are sick. <laughs> Can you? No, the people that are sick are the ones that go, like, python hunting in South Florida. Those people are nuts. They're doing the like, Lord's work. <laughs> no, that is crazy. <laughs> they that do what crazy. needs to be done. God that bless them. That is insane. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah. That is right. terrifying. <laughs> Let's get Jordan DeLugo in here. Sorry for Finally. Uh, taking so long. Jor Jordan, you've lived in Jacksonville. Uh, over under what for you in terms of how many snakes you've seen, especially the dangerous ones? The dangerous ones uh, primarily have been water moccasins. I, I don't think I've ever seen a rattlesnake in the wild, fortunately. Knock on wood, right? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, A, you take a lot of pictures of things, Casey, that you're not putting on your yeah, that's with true. your phone. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I'll give you B, um, I think the biggest snake I've seen was actually when I was in school in Tallahassee. I didn't know there was, like, some large, long object in the middle of the road. Ran it over, didn't realize what it was until I stopped and turned around and looked at it. Until it gripped so, your car and tore it in two, and you're like, oh. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> it's, it was not a big road. It was like a two-lane road, but it spanned the entire Wow. Good Yo. Lord. I would have turned a One of those people that like, had a pet python or whatever. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that is, is not. Cool. I mean, I don't know how people do that, but uh, everybody, check your bathrooms in your garages today. <laughs> don't do that, bro. Like, I'm not going to sleep tonight, you bum. <laughs> they do come up the toilet sometimes. <laughs> don't. Like, I don't I know, I, I've seen those stories, I and I'm, I'd, be, I'd be this. lying. I'd be lying if I haven't sit like I check down every there. time. By the way, yeah. I check all yeah. the time. It terrifies me, man. Can we please that would talk be the sports? worst. Holy yeah, God. man. Uh, so scary. Uh, let's talk about the Jaguars with Jordan DeLugo <laughs> for Generation Jaguar, GenJag.com. Check out the YouTube channel, uh, GenJag as well. And hey, man, Her uh, we're going to play. Got a plan for Justin Herbert to play, right? Got a plan for it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think there's any way he doesn't play because the way Brandon Staley's talked about it, he said we're going to kind of follow what Justin's saying to us, how he's how he's handling it. And Justin Herbert's a competitor like anyone else out on the football field. If the coaches are asking him if he can play, he's going to say yes. And by the way, he finished the game last week, didn't he? And they right. and they won. So chances are he's going to start the game this week. They did too. not win. They almost won. Oh, that's right. That was a close game last week. It was like 28-26 or something like that? 27-24, yeah, oh, yeah. That's what it was. I, I couldn't believe he was even in the game still toward the end. But uh, Yeah, and he threw an absolute dart 40 yards yeah, down the field. I know. Looks like it really hurt, too. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I can't believe that he was still in that game. I can't believe he doesn't. I, I understand they can heal it up and rest and, and whatever. I don't know. Can you rib cartilage what you can do exactly with it? But it probably hurt way more, like, in the moment when they couldn't do anything to it. But he looked like he was in such pain, I would have bet a lot of money that he wouldn't play this week. And now I'm not so sure. Although, if you asked me this time last week, Jordan DeLugo, I thought Shaq Leonard and Michael Pittman were playing. And they didn't on Sunday. Yeah, a little bit different situation. This is more pain management. With Shaq, you know, it was something that he's recovering from. The back injury, uh, they're just trying to get him acclimated, get him back in practice, get him going. He hasn't had that practice. And Herbert's had all that. It's just pain management. And Pittman, it was an injury that popped up on a Wednesday. So not as much time to get back going with the quad injury there. But I do think Herbert's going to play in this one. I think, guys, that this is a um, this going to be a lot different ballgame for Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have to do a lot more. If you watch that first half against Kansas City, they were all over Mahomes. I mean, all over him. And if, how's he going to handle that? How's the offensive line going to handle that? I think he's going to be under duress. This is not going to be like last week. This is going to have a little bit more of the Washington game feel where he's hit quite a bit. Now, hopefully not 10 times, like third in the league or pressured 20 times. But Jordan... He's going to have to do some stuff above the X's and O's. This isn't just execute the game plan. He's going to have to make some plays, avoid some things, make smart decisions. Yeah, absolutely. There's more talent on every level of the the Chargers defense than what he faced last week. You're facing a, a defensive scheme that's going to be varied. They're going to show you different things. They're going to show blitz. They're going to back out of it. They're not going to show blitz, and then they'll blitz. They're going to do a lot of different things. Last week he was playing one of the most vanilla defenses you can play in the NFL. And you have to go out and execute against Gus Bradley's defense, sure. But this is, like you said, a completely different test for Trevor Lawrence from a personnel standpoint and from a schematic standpoint. Guys, I'm a little bit tired of the West Coast conversation. It's uh, real, it though. It's, it's a real yeah, thing. I guess it is. Like. Has anybody looked up numbers on, like, the entire East Coast against the West Coast, or is it just the Jags? Because the last time the Jags won actually was on the West Coast. They can't win anywhere on the road, all right? I mean, they haven't been they haven't won in 18 games. Well, it's 18-game losing streak. They haven't won in 19 games. They haven't won on the East Coast. They haven't won in Mountain Time. They haven't won on the West Coast. I mean, they can't win north of Tennessee. I mean, they can't win anywhere. Name your location. Yeah, just hammer Give us it a home, geography Brent. lesson. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> really, the really pound the nail, Marco. <laughs> anywhere. They can't do it. I mean, they can't. They haven't. Like, so why are we so stuck on the West Coast? Like, I, I get the conversation to a degree. I like how different coaches do it. 
and Doug's just going to go out there and be like, this is a normal game, which I kind of like and appreciate. Just stay on your same body clock. I get when you travel in general, it's it's not ideal to go do anything right away at a high level. I, I think that's if you're a business person or an athlete. Uh, but the bottom line, Jordan, is the Jags haven't been good enough. Like, the Jags aren't, haven't been good to beat most anybody anywhere. So I'm not sure the West Coast is as much of a problem. We're going to find out if the Jags have quality players and good enough players to go compete with one of the better teams in the league. Yeah, no question about it. I do think it matters because people talk about it, right? When people talk about things, it matters because people hear about it. The players are hearing about it. The coaches are hearing about it. Now, how do they handle that? Doug Peterson, as you mentioned, they're going out Saturday. They're trying to keep themselves on the East Coast time clock. They're not trying to adjust anything, not trying to acclimate. It's going to be a business trip. Get in there Saturday night. Leave Sunday after the game. Um, I, I'm interested to see how it works. He's said that he's done that in the past, and it's worked better for him. He has had some success as a head coach um, traveling out to the West Coast and, and getting some victories. So that's encouraging. I guess it's, what's more powerful, the Jaguars' ineptitude on the West Coast going 3-13 and 13 all time in the Pacific time zone or Doug Peterson's ability to get his guys coached up and ready. Uh, I, I tend to lean towards Doug Peterson being able to get his guys ready. But, Jordan, let the me point. Piggyback. I was piggyback just on this real quick. Ahead, hey, let me ask you this. If they lose 27 to 23, are you? Are we going to come in here Monday and be like, damn it, that West Coast? No, but because this has transcended the past few years, I mean, this is an all-time thing. Next year, the year after, when we go back to the West Coast, if we go back to the West Coast, we're going to be like, look at the record, and that game will be part of that record. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's a trend. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say, I'm trying to look for stats on uh, the teams traveling each way. There's a lot of data on West traveling East. I'm trying to find East traveling West. But, Jordan, you made the point, and I, and I kind of jumped on it a little bit in the answer to Brent, that you know you tend to trust Doug and his influence over this equation more so than maybe what the past has brought us. But it is an all-time trend. This isn't like in the last three years the Jags have not done this. This is forever. They struggle. Yeah, what is interesting about that and thinking about that, when the Jaguars were good, 95 to 2000, and then, you know, a couple years in the middle of the 2000s, there weren't a lot, there weren't as many teams playing on the West Coast. A lot of those losses have come since Jack Del Rio got fired, and since then they've been, you know, perhaps the worst team in football, worst franchise in football. You know, L.A., there was no L.A. team um, for quite a while. And, you know, St. Louis was over in – or the Rams were over in St. Louis. So they weren't playing as many games out there either when they were actually good. Yeah, Something to think about. Point. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, really, if you think about it, 3-13, and 13, like, that's it? You'd think it would be a bigger number, to your point. And, and it's not a huge number over 27 years of playing football. Uh, listen, how much do you – now I've got my eyes set on the sidelines, I feel like, more than I've ever done this with a Jags coach. I have that much confidence right now in Doug Peterson, guys. I feel like, can he go into this game against Brandon Staley and have an edge? I started thinking about this in the way people are talking about Nathaniel Hackett right now. He's a little over his head. He hasn't done too well. There have been some moments. Well, the Jags play him in London and the Broncos in, in you know, in like a month. And I'm starting to think, like, 
Right? Maybe he has a real big advantage in that game and can like really do some things from a coaching standpoint. I don't know if I feel that way against Staley, but I'm wondering. He's still the veteran guy. you got to believe he has a little more up his sleeve than maybe Staley. He, Staley's respected. Staley has a really good roster. I mean, how much will we see a chess match in this game, Jordan, in your opinion? Oh, I think it's going to be fantastic between Doug and, and uh, Brandon Staley. I don't know which one of them is going to have the better of the other because both of them are going to show things that they have not shown yet this season. Both of them are going to be able to make in-game adjustments and adjust on the fly. They're both excellent leaders. They're both excellent tacticians. So I just think that matchup between the two of them, who's going to get the better of the other? And I like it because it's an offensive coach versus a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, offensive play caller versus defensive play caller. I can't wait to see schematically how this looks. And Brent, guys, I, do you I, have confidence? In, I mean, the confidence in Doug right now in this town, in this in room, everybody, in, in, this, ro- in this room is through the roof. It's through the roof. It's amazing. Like I, I seriously, I can't take this lightly and say. I mean, I've been doing this 15 years in Jacksonville, and I'm not saying every guy was a bad coach. I'm just telling you, like. We don't talk about this. We didn't say, I can't wait to watch Jack Del Rio against X. And Del Rio did a nice job over his tenure. We didn't talk about that even 17. We didn't say, I can't wait to watch Marone and how he calculates stuff. And Marone had success in 17. I mean, it's pretty wild what we're doing here in Jacksonville two weeks in and the way we're talking about Doug Peterson, Aaron. So for me, it, it started in the preseason. It started in camp, and maybe it's just coming off of the catastrophe that was Urban Meyer, but obviously it was night and day. The players were talking about it. The people were talking about it. I, the guy is, is, is a bona fide head coach, and he comes with a big resume. Then you take that into week one where, yes, while the Jaguars were beat, it started ugly, and the man was able to help the team pivot, and they certainly did so in a big way. And then the dismantling of the Colts, you really do start to stack all this confidence in Doug Peterson, man. Yeah, I, I'm starting to wonder why Philly got rid of him. Let's call him up. <laughs> hey, I found some stats on uh, East Coast teams traveling west, West Coast teams traveling east. Uh, this comes from uh, Sports Insights. Right? And they were looking at every game since 2003. And while these percentages don't jump off the page as stark or, or like heavy and favored, it does exist as an advantage. East Coast teams have gone... 84 and 88, so 48% winning percentage when playing in that Pacific time zone. In the mountain time zone, they're at 52%, and in the central time zone, they're at 52%. So there is a thing there. It's, it's slight, but it's there. And, Jordan, I think Doug explained a little bit. I thought he was. Uh, this was pretty cool, and uh, this is probably common knowledge, but I don't pay attention to common knowledge very often, or probably not enough. <laughs> he said, for every time zone you go through, you're supposed to spend an extra day. And so everybody who goes out on Friday, if they're playing that game, Jordan, they probably should go out on Thursday because of the time zone. Yeah, and, you know, I'm no expert on these things. I, I'll just Come on. the jug on a it. time traveler, are you? <laughs> well, I, I might be a time traveler. Oh. Well, that's, no, I'm kidding, obviously. But, no. <laughs> With a beard um, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Civil War era originally. No, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I am really interested to see how the team handles it. Uh, I do tend to agree with you, Brent, though, that it's not going to really – that's not going to be the reason the Jaguars win or lose this game. It's going to be how they handle the success of dominating a divisional opponent 
not getting too high on themselves, trusting their preparation, trusting their coaching the same way they did both of the first two weeks. And the coaching, I think, was on point in week one. It was really about execution. Uh, There was a few plays here and there defensively and offensively that players would like to have back from week one. And, and if any one of those plays was made by the offense or defense, they would have won that football game. Yeah, And then you obviously see the results in, in, um, in Jacksonville against Indy. And so I think the offensive foundation has been set, as we talked about last week. It looked really good in week one, foundationally, schematically, the passing concepts, getting, getting mismatches and all that. So I think that's why you can really be encouraged, along with the fact that you've seen Doves do this before. Jordan DeLugo with us here, uh, Generation Jaguar, GenJag.com, GenJag YouTube channel as well. I stole most of his time talking about snakes, but before we let him go, I'm fascinated. You bring up a topic when we were talking earlier, Jordan, about trench play, and, and I get what you're saying. I'm actually more interested in edge play. The two edge rushers of the Jags, versus that offensive line and the two edge rushers that we know of Bosa and Mack against this offensive line against two tackles who are playing really good football through two games for the most part, Jordan. Yeah, so when I mention trench play, I'm including those edge players, right? You're on the line of scrimmage. That's in the trenches for me. But um, I agree with you. I think, you know, Jawan and Cam for the Jaguars at both tackle spots, they have an incredible opportunity to kind of stake their claim as legit starters in this league uh, against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Huge test. Uh, Maybe the best edge-rushing duo in the league um, there out there. Um, And then, obviously, on the other side of it, you've got Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker against um, Rayshon Slater, who's one of the best young left tackles in football, and and Trey Pipkins, if he's healthy, he had to leave the game against the Chiefs as well. He's been limited in practice. I believe, with a foot injury. But, yeah, looking at all that, and then I do think the Jaguars have the advantage in the middle. I think they have better interior defensive linemen than the Chargers have interior offensive linemen. And on the flip side as well, I think that they have better interior offensive linemen than the Chargers have interior defensive linemen. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out in the run game and when you're trying to get pressure up the middle so those, uh, so those edge players can feast. Yeah, good stuff, Jordan DeLugo. Uh, Generation Jaguar, GenJag.com, GenJag YouTube channel as well. And maybe it'll be a resume game for those tackles of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not like a resume segment for you, Jordan DeLugo. Nice job. We'll do it again next week, man. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Y'all have a good one, and try to avoid those uh, poisonous snakes, all right? <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Probably all of them, but especially the poisonous ones. Uh, that's Jordan DeLugo. Joins us each and every Thursday at 4 o'clock talking uh, Jaguars. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends. Let's take a break. We're live at String Sports Brewery. We come back. We talk more football and then some. Still want to get into Aaron Judge. How many home runs will he finish with? In this season, he's still got 14 games to go, and he's been on fire the last couple of weeks. More to come on ESPN 690. You look at what Aaron Judge is doing in this day and age of situational pitching and and this and this shift and everything else. He's got 60 bombs. And second is Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies, 20 home runs behind him. Let that sink in. 
what he's been able to do, and every it feels like every one of Aaron Judge's shots meant something to the Yankees winning a game. About a month ago, I said, Otani's the MVP. Nope. It's over. It's done. The race is finished. Over. It's Aaron Judge. Who is this guy? Done. Race Who is finished. What does he know about this sport? Really uh, smart. Whoever he Ian Fitzsimmons. Oh, Fitzsimmons. Okay. You know, listen, I think it would be really good for baseball for Aaron Judge to win the MVP, and I think it's going to be hard for him not to win the MVP. they got to give it to him. You know, I mean, I and uh, Otani to Casey's points. I mean, you, he he's to the point where it's almost like Bill Belichick back in the – for all those years, he could have been uh, coach of the year every year, and they didn't give it to him. And LeBron, I think, could have been – nobody was more valuable than LeBron James. Nobody. I don't care who had the better stats. Nobody. And so I, I think Casey brings a good point in that context of, I mean, there's nobody in baseball that can be as valuable as long as he doesn't have a 70 RA and is hitting 150 than a guy like Otani. So the, the point is, is well received. But he's not going to win it. Judge yeah. is going to win it. And I think Judge has earned it too. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they gave it to Judge. And I do think it's good for baseball. Otani got it last year, Judge this year. Like, it's good because those are two stars in baseball that get crowned MVP. I do think Judge is going to win it. And I think Fitzsimmons brings up a really good point there. There have been some big moments for Judge. Huge moments. Doesn't he, like, already have the Yankee record for walk-off home runs in a season or something? I, I think he might. Um, he's right. just been massive. He's just been so good, so good. And, and here's the stat that gets me more than maybe any of them. It shouldn't, but it does, is I think he's now hitting 317. Casey, he's hitting 317. 317, yes. I, mean, I mean, that's like guys don't hit. Guys of his stature who hit bombs, and that's all you care about this day and age, don't hit 317. Mm-hmm. That, now, that is one of the rare, like, yes. I'm with you on that one. The fact that he hits this many home runs and hits for average is incredibly impressive. Incredible. I, I, I won't knock that. I will tell you, though, since the last time we had this argument, Otani's ERA was like 255. It's now 243. So um, <laughs> it's he just down. continues to get better. Top, top 10 in the league in ERA and home runs. But, yeah, no, it's fine. We'll give it to the guy that doesn't pitch. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> awesome. But, hey, triple crown has happened how many times, right? Not a lot. Yeah. So uh, you can certain that it's not going to be. I can't believe they gave it to Judge. <laughs> certainly isn't going to be that. There's nobody. I mean, even Otani, I don't think would say that. But you can make the case for Otani. I think just about every year if he's putting up these kind of numbers as well. But this, uh, listen, there's unbelievable numbers, and then there are historic numbers, and that's what Judge is doing. And I think Aaron has a, a bunch of different stats for us as we welcome everybody back to Brent Friends on ESPN 690 on a Thursday, live from Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield. We've got Jaguars All Access coming up tonight. Rayshon Jenkins, Josh Allen on CBS 47, but love to see you here. Uh, Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, give us some stats, Aaron, on this Aaron Judge. So MLB.com has a uh, Judge tracker. So let's talk about his pacing right now because the Yawn. question you keep asking is... They have a tracker. A tracker. Yawn. The question you keep asking, Brent, is uh, what's he going to end up with? Because yeah. the, the math says he's on pace for 65. Now, whether you believe that Judge can heat up and maybe hit two in a game or two in a few games, certainly he's capable of it. But if he gets the 65, that's going to be a homer every 2.8 team games over the Yankees' final 14 games. Back in 61, when Maris hit his 56 in the Yankees' first 148 games, that's the 22 club's current total. So Judge at 60, Maris was at 56. 
He also hit five homers the rest of the way in the team's final 15 games Maris did as they played 163, right? So that's a rate of one every three team games. So Judge's pace, certainly in front of Maris's pace, not just in total home runs, but even in when you, when you do the math for the amount of games. But so far, Judge's hit six home runs in April. He didn't play all the games, only 20 games. 12 in May, 11 in June, 13 in July, nine so far in September. So he's got some room to grow there based on what his pace has been all season. The question is, can he keep up the fevered pace? It's a long season. It would be the most in the MLB since Barry Bonds, obviously. And he'd be the fifth 65-plus homer season in MLB history. Yeah, and I'm not sure we should count any of them. Any of the Barry Bonds ones. Any of or the Mark McGuire. Yeah, 98. Yeah. McGuire had or 70. And by the or. way, where does Judge compare to those guys? Well, in 2001, when Bonds hit 73, at the prorated amount of games that Judge has played, he's at 64. Judge at 60. McGuire would have been at 62 in 98. Judge at 60. Sammy Sosa at 59 in 98. Sosa ended that year with 66. Judge at 60. And then everyone below him is under him. But if you're looking at what comes next, Brent, you mentioned he's playing the Red Sox, right? He's got Michael Walker, no home runs in 15 plate appearances. Rich Hill on Friday. He's, oh, he's definitely hitting a home run off Rich Hill. Oh, he's I got, want you guys to know that. He's, he's, That's 100% going to happen. He's got none in five plate appearances, but only five plate appearances. Now, Saturday, he's playing Nick Pavetta. He's got two dingers in 15 appearances against Nick Pavetta. You might have that guy's number. And then Brian Bello at the end, uh, no home runs in only three plate appearances. So... Lots of question marks, but he certainly got a good shot to do it, man. Well, he's going to tie Maris at the least against the Red Sox in the series. To. He's going to hit one in, in the four games. All right, guys, how many does he end up with? I'm, I'll start. I think he ends up with 63. I think he has three more homers. I think this is hard. I think the pressure does build, although I don't feel like it's this immense pressure. I want to talk about nope. that in a bit. Um, but I, I think he ends up with 63, over, three more home runs over the last 14. Heck, you can make the case they might even rest him down the stretch. I I mean, I guess you, you wouldn't or you shouldn't, nope. but no you way. might because no you got to gear up for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that would be up to him, right? They're selling as many tickets as they can, <laughs> bro. They're putting them out there. Especially because they the don't Yankees, know if they're going to have them they, next year. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, they, this, how often does he hit leadoff? I know uh, he has. Not as often, but they, they usually hit him. up. Yeah, they've moved him up because he's their only good hitter. Uh, well, not only that, because they want him to get more at-bats, Casey. Yeah, I, yeah, it was for this. I was taking right? a shot at the Yankees. Yes, Brent, it's because they wanted to get more bats. Uh, I will go with sixty-eight. Whoa, Whoa. Yes. sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. So what is I mean, that? How many is he got to hit against the Red Sox yeah. this week, bro? Uh, listen, Michael <laughs> Walker. Listen, no disrespect, Michael Walker. Not very good. Rich Hill throws forty-five miles per hour. He's going to hit at least three in that game. And he's got Nick Pavetta's number. He won't hit any off Bello because that guy hasn't figured out how to throw a strike yet. So he's going to hit a few against the Red Sox. I don't know who they got after that. But once he gets to the number he needs to get to, he's just going to heat up. 68. Yeah, that's okay. – Aaron, what do you think? I'm thinking 66-67. I think he's going to keep with his pace, maybe turn it up one or two games, maybe hit one, uh, a couple of games with two. Uh, I, th- I think he crushes it. I'll put um, – how about a trip to uh, nothing fun cakes, loser buys – I like this. Okay, so Aaron, this uh, is something you should know about Brent. He loves the bunt cakes. Does he? We haven't done this on the show yet since you've been here. This dude loves the bunt cakes with pretty much everything he's got. Well, now I know I what I'm jumping out of on Brent's birthday. <laughs> yes, please do. Wearing it's nothing a mini cake. bunt to cake. It's a, it's a mini, mini bunt cake. You won't fit. Oh, <laughs> man. The disrespect. I can make it into a little bikini. <laughs> All right, I'm down. 
because I think he gets to 68, so I will take the bet. Uh, yeah, man, all right, let's so do we'll it. See. Uh, that, what do you think he's going to get, Brent? What did you say? 63. Okay. So why don't you go with 66, right? I'll that'll go be 66. Easier. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. so that'll be easier to separate. Uh, what if it's 67? Who wins, me or Aaron? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I lose. Yeah, you're buying the case. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Beautiful. Hey, let's go. Yeah. So We need 64, uh, Judge. Anything one, one over, other, Brent? One other part of this Judge thing for me, guys. Usually, there's so much attention. I know they just started taking his live at-bats and everything, and, and people are talking about him, and we're talking about it two days in a row, and I hate the Yankees. But the... <laughs> the, the uh, but I don't feel like... When we've seen this in the past, right, when we saw Bonds, when we saw McGuire Sosa, obviously, yeah. I mean, if you want to, I'm not even trying to compare it to way back in the day. It was totally different when Maris is passing the babe, you know, all that stuff happening. But there's just so much pressure and attention usually. Am I missing it? Because I don't feel like it's there. I feel like it's like, hey, cool. He's having an unbelievable year. He's probably going to eclipse Maris or at least tie him at the very worst. And then... There's no real threat of him getting to 73, so that part of the the watch is not on, and and therefore I think this takes a ton of pressure. Although there's got to be some pressure on Aaron Judge, I just don't feel it like I've done in the. I, I guess I've seen it or witnessed it or felt it in the past. Here's my my take on that. My philo- my my theory on that. McGuire, Sosa, Bonds. When that was happening. Baseball mm-hmm. was the sole focus as far as sports go in this country. Now with Judge, baseball is like third place. Rare Aaron Schachter W, but you're Woo! right. Come on, Casey Kirk. That's, like, that's exactly how I feel, by the way. That's, it's just not. It was different. It's yeah. not the same. It's not the same as it was. You got a lot of other things going on. And to your point with the cut-ins, Brent, I was watching soccer on ESPN last night, and they cut in like begrudgingly. And I was like, <laughs> oh. I didn't even think they would cut in, so props to them. But, yeah, I just think it's it's not the same. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess you guys bring up – I get where you're going with it, but I'm not ta- – again, baseball was king by far America's pastime in, like, the 50s and 60s and, and 70s even. But, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, football was still a thing. There was a lot of other sports going on. Baseball still wasn't, like, the thing, you know, like it was 50 years earlier. But I understand. I think I understand the context of what you're saying more. Like, we're in NFL season, and football is bigger than it's ever been. Like, over the last 10 years, it was ever the previous 30, 40 years. Even back in 2003 and four for Bonds and 98 for McGuire and Sosa. So I, I, I can get there with you. I wonder, too, if, you know, in the social media world, you'd think it would hype it up and build it up more. But... I don't think it does. Like, you're talking about cut-ins, Casey? Mm-hmm. I don't really think you need a cut-in. I'll look on Twitter tonight, and I'll find out right away if he hit it. But here's, and I'll see it. I don't have to watch it. And here's the thing, though. You're right, but it's going to take you a little bit to figure it out if it happens tonight because we're all going to be watching football. Yeah, look at that. Good. Making That's the point. point. Yeah. Like, it, there's going to be all kinds of other stuff on your timeline. They're going to be, oh, by the way, he went yak yeah, off Michael way, Walker. No surprise. Yeah. By the way, he broke the record for American League homers. Tied the record yeah. for American League homers. By the way, footnote. And, like, yeah, well, you won't get a cut into the game, by the way, because they can't. Well, they can't. Yeah. One other – One other. well, you can watch baseball on Fox 30, by the way, if you want, and then you probably see the cut in there. <laughs> um, but um, it, I, I guess here's like, one other like, element. There's a game on, but it's not the Yankees game? I don't know what game it is. I should know what game it is. But last week it was like the freaking Pittsburgh Pirates. If they so don't have don't the even... Yankees game on, that's such poor management. Yeah, but I don't think they do it like that, Casey. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if they flex 
these Thursday games like that. You know what I mean? They probably should. Well, you know, it might be, though, because this was an argument they were having on Greeny um, right here on ESPN 690 a couple days ago because all of these games, or at least most of them, are national broadcast, so they're wondering who's going to be on the call when it happens because the big argument is it's not going to be Michael Kay. And people, Tomor- and that's Yake- tomorrow night because it's Apple Plus, right? Yeah. yeah. And then and it's so Saturday there's actually, is MLB They're looking Network. at a broadcast switch. Are they? Tomorrow night. They, they might put K on the broadcast. They, they should. should. They really should. No yeah, one's yeah. really arguing for Saturday because it's Bob Costas, but like that is, and it's on, uh, one of the days is on ESPN Radio versus Sterling, so people are mad about that too. Uh, hey, tonight's game is on. Uh, by the way, you should watch it on Fox 30. You can see a little bit of a history. <laughs> but again, who's on the call? Like, they'll be mad. Like, I'm just saying. Oh, man. Uh, Way to go. Oh. TV, the TV people on the other side of the building is like, Screaming. good job, Brett. Missed an opportunity there. Yeah, right. No, we don't miss. We didn't miss. We just no. waited a little while. We just delayed we a bit. Until 6 o'clock. You caught it off the wall. It. You're good. <laughs> All right, one last thing about what you were saying, because I, I, that was a good point. We'll be watching the NFL and checking fantasy teams and all the rest. Yes. But I think people are trained in this way. I'm going to be catching Kaylee after I have Jaguars all access, right? So then I go catch Kaylee on Thursday nights at like 8.15. And I might miss it. But you know what I'm going to get on my phone next to me when Kaylee hopefully is throwing this really good two-seam? A spam call about car insurance. That and also an alert. Yeah, the you know push what I mean? notification. Like, yeah. You 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 don't you're not going to miss it. Like ESPN's gonna go dan, 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 dan. But yep. that's Boom. that's right? the point I'm trying to make here, Brent. There's a difference between at a time a push notification wasn't good enough. Like you're yeah. gonna get a little note, boom, hey you did it. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, cool. Yep. Let me finish what I'm doing, and then let me drive home, and then let me get a snack, and then I can watch it whenever. The only comparison I can make to this, and it is not the same, but it is still historic, when Jeter was about to get 3,000, I was watching Yankees games for nine innings consistently because I wanted to see it. And Live. then yeah. I recorded on my TV because I'm an idiot off my phone. That's how addicted <laughs> I was to seeing it. This thing, like, I'm going to watch the whole football game. I'm going to check fantasy. I'm going to curse Najee Harris if he doesn't do well. And then I might occasionally go look and find it. But, like, yeah. it's just different. There's a different feel. It's a combination. Yeah, well, to, be, to your point, in 2004, let's go back to Bond stuff, right? Was Bond's 2003 or four? It was one. Was it? 2001 was 73. Oh, one was 73. But didn't he have, like, even a better season in, like, 03 or 04? Yeah. Or was that, like, his unbelievable season? I th- well, 2001 was the season where he had, like, 145 okay. RBIs and all that. Oh, nonsense. okay. That was everything. All right. I don't know why I keep saying 2003 4. But they didn't have push notifications well, in 2001. He had 45 homers in 2000. It's nothing to sneeze at. It's a lot of home runs. Yeah. But they, my, to Casey's point, they didn't have push notifications in 2001. No, You they had not. to watch it. Exactly. Like, you didn't have to watch it. You could watch it later at night, you know, and find it. But you it, wanted to but watch you, it. But you kind of wanted to be there and, and witness it. I'll and t- I guess maybe we've lost that a little bit. But people don't have to see it right in the moment as much as they used to do it. And yeah. so maybe they don't care to as much as they used to care about it. I'll tell you who I feel bad for, man. Melanie Newman and Wayne Randazzo. You guys know those no. names? Nope. No. Those are the two they're going to ask to move aside so that a professional broadcaster can call the game. <laughs> And it's like, think about these kids working for Apple Baseball's play-by-play call guru. 
And they're like, oh, my God, our, our careers have been made. We've made the big time. And then a really important game comes up. And, and the b- big bosses are like, you know what, kids? Why don't you move aside and let a professional handle this? That's, that's wild. That's who calls the games? Yep. Yeah, that's a good call. I knew that, but I, I wouldn't have. You did? Like, who are they? Up there. I've never she heard of them does, before Apple. She does Orioles. I don't think. Oh, is that, is that the Orioles broadcaster? Yeah, she does pre and post, okay. I think, for the Orioles. And then the uh, they switch out a lot of the, the color and um, who. And, they have some analysts. They have Chris yeah. Young, Chris, Hannah Kaiser, Russell done it. Dorsey. They yeah. have a lot of people. And then yeah. Trisha Whitaker, who does the Rays, does the sideline or the dugout. Okay. Well, now, now that makes a lot of sense why they, <laughs> they want Michael K to do it. Like, that makes even more sense now. Yeah, Just my last thought on With this. All disres- no, no disrespect to them, but obviously. I mean, clearly. I'd say the same thing if I was calling the game. <laughs> yeah, we would definitely have to get you out of there. Um, last thought. We are going to be watching tonight. In Instead of watching what might be history in baseball, we're going to watch Mitch Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett. For real. <laughs> That's true. Score, by the way, like. 22 points yes. in a game. It's going to be 8. <laughs> Somehow they're going to get 8 <laughs> to 5. 8 to negative 2. 8 to 5. And we're all going to outscore the Yankees. But it's okay. Like, might gonna, outscore the Yankees. I'm going to seek right. out Thursday night football. I'm not going to seek out the, the Yankee game. There you go. Uh, we'll, be, we'll talk more about Thursday night football. Get our picks in and football at 5 coming up in a bit. Let's take a break. We're live at String Sports Brewery. Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. The judge watches on, but who is watching? <laughs> we'll be right back. Ready to elevate your lifestyle, you can do that at iCryo in St. John's County. That's what we do. Recovery an important part of staying healthy, everyone. And if you're a student athlete or an athlete of any kind, recovery is so important. So try out the cryotherapy chamber, red light therapy, the sauna, compression, so much more. They have body sculpting and IV infusions as well. You have a big event coming out. Like we just had the Dream 18. And I cryo was there. I was doing compression from the Dream 18. You can, too, have that at your event. Just look them up at iCryo.com. They have a compression therapy for recovery and hydration services at iCryo. And by listening to ESPN 690, this just started this week. $69 for a day pass, and that's a heck of a deal. You get three of the six lifestyle services they have, whole body cryo, local cryo, compression, red light therapy, sauna, cryofacial. You get to pick three of those in one day. Use them. Usually $39 per lifestyle service, $69 for three of them. If you mention ESPN 690, just go visit iCryo at St. John's County at the Pavilion at Durban Park or visit iCryo.com. Welcome back, everybody. Brett and friends on ESPN 690. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, as we approach the 5 o'clock hour in football at 5. Uh, we're live at String Sports Brewery. Guys, quick question for you. How many schools did you guys look at when you were trying for college? Three. Like, did you apply to a bunch? Or I what? applied to three. Casey? <laughs> One. <laughs> it was UNF. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I thought I was going to have some baseball stuff going. Then I said, nah, bro, I quit. And then my mom was like, you going to college? And then uh, UNF said, sure. And I said, all right. Well, we're kind of going through, like, Kaylee's all about it, right? She's like, yeah, let's go here and go here. And, like, next, she's going all these camps. And, I mean, she might be at, like, a Florida Southern camp Wednesday, a JU camp Friday, and a College of Charleston camp on Saturday next week. She's going to be at FAU on Saturday. Ty, meanwhile, it's like, hey, Ty, you might want to go to some of these camps and blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, like, I'm going to Flagler in November. And Kaylee's like, so you're going to go to one? Like, Flagler, that's it? Like, either you get in or you don't, and then what happens? 
she could not like process this. So I guess Ty's more like you, Casey. He's a good and really more like me. I, I went Syracuse and Ashland University. That was it. The Qs? Like, I didn't apply to a lot. I didn't really apply to a lot either, and I applied late, too. I was uh, I was trying to do this self-destructive thing to make my mom mad. It was it was real mature. I, I just <laughs> did it because I was lazy, but I also applied late. All right. Uh, take a break. Football at 5 coming up. We're also going to visit with a former hoopster around here. Patrick Young joins us in the next hour. We're live at String Sports Brewery in Springfield on ESPN 690. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.